I'm Damian Bolwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, is it finally time to put away all the masks? That's the question as we head into another big week of the pandemic. Federal health officials are now saying that people who are vaccinated do not need to wear face coverings indoor or out on most occasions. The move shocked people, not necessarily because it's considered unsafe, but because we've all been wearing masks for 14 months and they've come to feel normal. What is also clear is that this is a shift of responsibility from public health authorities to individuals and the choices that we will all need to make. My guest is Aaron Alday. Aaron, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Damien. How are you? Good. I feel like you've been on the show many times when we've had these big momentous changes, and now we're starting to look at the end of masks, and it feels really disconcerting. It does. It definitely feels disconcerting. It's interesting because I think for a lot of us, myself included, when when I heard that the CDC was was relaxing its mask guidance, it actually kind of took me, it took me like a day to process it. Like what, like what, what did, like I couldn't, I think it was such a surprise. Nobody saw this coming and we, we didn't really have time to like think about it or prepare for it. And I certainly didn't think it was going to happen for at least another month or two even, um, that it didn't really hit me until later that this was like a huge change. Like this is a really big deal. It's really good news. Yeah, it's great news. I mean, yeah, but for the CDC. It's just hard to, be, to process. Exactly. I think we're not used to getting good news for starters. But, you know, just after after being so careful and being so cautious and, and wearing our masks all the time to have the CDC, which has been pretty conservative, has been pretty cautious, come out and say, if you're vaccinated, you really don't need to wear it under almost all circumstances. That's like, I mean, science, science-wise, it makes perfect sense. It's like logically, of course. But it is sort of hard to 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 think about that. All right. I want to just get into a little bit of the philosophical here. How are we going to know who is able to go around maskless unless, you know, you wear a big scarlet V on your on your shirt? Uh, well, we're not. I mean, the short answer is we're not. There's not really any way to enforce this. I mean, even... California is not really embracing, you know, the the vaccination um, passports. You know, we're not really, you know, getting behind this idea of people proving, you know, that they're vaccinated or not. But even if we did have such a system, it wouldn't it's not something we could put in place in all you know, everywhere we go, we couldn't demand that people show proof of vaccination before walking into a grocery store and then, you know, tell them if they have to wear a mask or not. So, I mean, this is definitely telling, you know, putting it on the individuals to to behave, to like to do the right thing. And if you are not vaccinated to continue masking. But I mean, obviously, it gets really complicated because that's a very, in a lot of ways, a very private decision, a very private, you know, choice that people make. It's it's, you know, about what you're doing to your own body. And then by not if you if you wear a mask or not wear a mask, whatever you're doing, you're kind of now letting people know where you are on kind of in the vaccination place. And so, you know, I just, it's hard to imagine a scenario where somebody who really does not want to get vaccinated, who very much does not believe in vaccines is going to continue wearing a mask um, indefinitely. Uh, so, you know, I, I just, I can't imagine there's going to be a lot of people who are not vaccinated, who are going to continue wearing masks after something like this gets put in place. So isn't it a possibility that the vaccinated people still wear the masks and are signaling the opposite? And then the unvaccinated people who don't maybe 
believe in the vaccine or the virus are not wearing the mask signaling that they are vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's honestly like I've thought about that um, because it's true. A lot of the people who are vaccinated, at least the ones who were vaccinated earliest, were also the most cautious. Uh, and a lot of the folks I talk to who are in that category, they plan on keeping their masks on for a long time to come. So, yeah, I think for a while it's going to be out in public if somebody basically I think if you if you're indoors and somebody's wearing a mask, it's not really going to tell you much of anything. I think I'm going to walk around if if I don't wear a mask and just sort of tap my left shoulder, so <laughs> a, a slight tap, let people know. That'll be the code. OK, we'll go with that. All right. Another scenario. I've got a a 13 year old daughter. She has not been vaccinated yet. She does not want to get the virus. And, you know, do I bring her into the, the store if if people are not wearing masks? Well, the answer, Damien, is that you get your 13-year-old vaccinated, for starters. She can get it. But it's going to so. gonna take a few weeks. It's going to take a few weeks, yes. Um, no, I mean, that's definitely, you kind of hinted at this at the start, um, at the top of this, which is that we're putting this this responsibility, this burden kind of on individuals' shoulders now. And that, that includes parents to make those calls. And I really think it's going to have to be, you know, a risk assessment um, that people are making now for themselves. For a long time, we had the CDC... Um, and various kind of agencies telling us what to do. And increasingly, we're having to kind of make these calls for ourselves. And I think there are loads of people who are going to say, I, I want to wear a mask. I want my kids to wear a mask. I don't feel comfortable taking my kids to places where people are not wearing masks. Whereas there are going to be other parents who will say, you know what, the risk of my kid having a bad outcome is so small. And I would much rather that my kid, you know, go out maskless and hang out with people maskless and kids shouldn't be maskless. I shouldn't, I let me back off of that. The, the kids should still be wearing masks, but, but to, you know, I would rather have them spend time with other people in crowded spaces just to have that, that return to normalcy, that that's more important, you know, to those parents than um, what they consider to be a very small, you know, to be in insignificant risk to their child of, of illness. Okay, we talked about the the sort of trauma that we all feel because we've been at this so long. But you sort of hint in your coverage that also getting rid of the mass and 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 sort of ripping the bandaid off is also could be like a big psychological moment for us. Yeah, I think so. I think that that's um, that to me is what is kind of momentous about the CDC coming out with this is you know that they're kind of signaling to all of us it's just it's just a big sort of reassurance that you know yeah you can you can really trust these vaccines i think that to me is the big thing is these vaccines they were developed so fast and they're so powerful they're really so great and we were all living in such a state of fear for so long that it's really hard to kind of it's like stepping out onto the ice right like are you you have to trust that it's going to hold you have to trust that these vaccines are going to hold that they're going to do what what they're intended to do and, you know, for a lot of people that that fe- that's a very brave thing to do to it feels very brave to to take off that mask and to like venture out in public and kind of, you know, breathe other people's air and trust that that vaccine is going to hold that it's going to do what it's supposed to do. Um, you know, that is definitely like it, it can feel a little bit like a leap of faith, I think, even though we have all the science and all this data to, to support it. Um, I just think psychologically, that's that's what's going on with a lot of people. Okay, maybe this is too difficult to question, Aaron. But can we burn our masks eventually, or is there a worry that masks aren't going to be this relic of another time, but they're going to be 
part of our lives, that, that this isn't the last time we're going to be wearing masks in, in society. I don't know that I would say it's a worry. I mean, first of all, I wouldn't burn your mask because that's just a bad idea to do on many different levels. So don't do that. Um, but okay. <laughs> but aside from that, um, you know, I think, sure, on the one hand, you could look at it from the negative that, you know, this probably won't be the last pandemic we face. I mean, we may very well have another of these coming up sooner than we would like. Who knows? So you want to keep them around for that reason. But I also think you know, I think it wouldn't be a terrible thing if as a culture, as a society, we got in the habit of putting masks on if it's the flu season and there's a lot of people that are sick around us. Or if for some reason, you know, I have a cold and I have to go out to the store, I have to go somewhere and to have it be normalized to put a mask on in those circumstances to protect those around me. So I don't think, I think most people would think it'd be great if we all kept our masks and we used them appropriately for forever. Um, so I think, you know, that, that would be, that would not be a negative thing if that's so I, I would hold on to it for that reason alone. All right. And I promise if I do get rid of it, I won't burn it. I will cut it up like a credit card into shards and pieces and 100 pieces all right let's take a quick break aaron when we come back more with aaron Alday, the chronicles lead coronavirus reporter on fifth and mission we'll be right back after a short break you can support fifth and mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa, joined by Chronicle reporter Aaron Alday. We're talking about a big week in the pandemic ahead. Aaron, let's look forward. What's going to happen on June 15th, which has been set out there as this big day when California plans to reopen? Well, the short answer is we don't know exactly. Um, the state has been and the governor have been kind of tight-lipped about what exactly June 15th reopening means. But I think, you know, generally speaking, it's we should count on, you know, most of the restrictions that we've been living under in terms of, um, you know, the business and activities that we're allowed to do are are basically going to go away. So, you know, we've been operating under this this color coded tier system for uh, almost a year now since last August um, with you know, I, I think most people at this point in California are kind of used to this tiered system and understanding that, you know, it the, the, the color tells you how many restrictions you're living with and puts capacity limits on businesses and and says what types of activities are allowed and not allowed and all that kind of stuff. And so the idea is that all of those will go away and it's kind of just business as usual. You can just go about and if you go to a restaurant, there won't be capacity limits. It'll be you know, as many people as they can seat in there. But the truth is we haven't, we haven't, we don't have a lot of word from the state as far as, you know, is it really that, that can a restaurant fill up completely? Can they put as many people as possible in there or will they have to maintain some sort of social distance? Will we still have to, I mean, speaking of masks, we don't really know what the mass situation is going to be in California a month from now. Um, you know, it, there there may still be some situations where where masking will still be required. Um, there probably still be st will still be some of those situations. Um, and you know, I mean, we're all used to like those plastic barriers that are now up, like in grocery stores and a lot of places. Those will probably still be in place, partly because people invested in them. So why not keep them up? But there's just a lot of uncertainty. And then on top of that, we don't really know 
you know, how the business community is going to to respond to that. Are businesses going to even be ready to open up completely um, a month from now? Or is it going to be, it'll probably be kind of more of a slow unrolling. Yeah, I mean, you guys talk to a lot of people that run offices, and it doesn't sound like it's going to be even close to, to June 15th. It's it's a ways off. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that is that is a big part of the issue is most offices aren't going to be bringing in all of their their employees like on June 15th, it's going to be a very, that's going to be a very slow process. Cause what's the point? I mean, if, if people are working from home and they're doing that well, then there's not necessarily a big rush to bring everybody back all at once. So it's going to be kind of a phased process. And in some place like San Francisco, where they, you rely on a lot of that kind of, you know, workers, office worker traffic to, you know, have people in your restaurant, have people in your bar, to have people shopping in your store, they're not going to be able to resume full business until those folks come back. So yeah, it's definitely going to be, I don't know that it's going to be like an overnight, everything looks and feels different on June 15th. It's it's kind of hard to tell what, what that's going to look like. Yeah, it feels like we kind of don't know and that there's going to be a process of testing out what our new lives are like. Yeah, I think that that's definitely true. I mean, I think the nice thing is we have, I suspect this summer, is going to be a lot of people sort of just kind of slowly unfurling, right? Kind of stepping outside and and just sort of, you know, braving the world without their mask and trying, you know, restaurants again and resuming, you know, relationships with people they haven't seen in a while. And I think there's just going to be a lot of kind of figuring out what what the new normal looks like. Before. Yeah, what does it feel like to have a waiter, you know, as a as an owner of a restaurant? Does it still feel good to have your waiters, you know, have the discretion to wear a mask? Right. Uh, when they go to the tables, is that a big deal? Um, do we keep meetings on Zoom? Um, right. Or do we start having in-person meetings again? It feels like we don't know these things. Exactly. No, I think that's exactly right. And I do, but I do think it'll be kind of, that's what the summer's going to be. I think the summer's going to be figuring that out. And my guess is it'll be more like the fall before we kind of actually land where where our our lives are going to land. But for all of this, Aaron, the Bay Area and San Francisco are in a much better position overall, right? Oh, fantastic. Yes. We're we're doing really great. I mean, we have really high vaccination rates um and we have seen, you know, some of that kind of slowing down, but we're still getting people vaccinated. Um, you know, our cases are are really low down. Our deaths are really low down. Our hospitalizations are just, you know, negligible. Um, no, it's it's really looking, every, everything's looking great across the board. And and we've been, you know, reopening over a couple of months now and have not seen any kind of increase. So these vaccines are definitely holding strong here. Yeah, it's all such good news, but I feel like we're not quite happy enough. We're We're still a little nervous. We're still a little traumatized. It's definitely the trauma. I mean, that's, you know, I don't use that word lightly. I mean, people, it's a real thing. And I think we're all experiencing that. It's, um, it's, it's got psychological roots. It's, it's really hard to, to step out of, of what we've all been through. All right, Aaron, let's leave it there. Thanks for coming on again. Thanks for having me, Damien. Thanks to my guest today, Chronicle Health reporter Aaron Alday. To Cecilia Lay and King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.